What's up, everybody? How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast. I'm Kyle, he's Derek, and we are so excited that you have joined us for episode 11. And today's quick question is going to reveal a lot about Derek and I and who we were in high school. Derek, Mm, you ready for this? I am so ready. Bring it on. All right, Derek, in high school, were you the kind of student that your youth pastor liked? I'm going to share something very vulnerable with you that I don't think you know about me. Oh, this should be good. And it will, it'll likely ruin our friendship. No, no. It'll just give you more ammo to insult me and grill me, which I like that. You don't need any more ammo. You, you uh, can do that plenty well already, but you know, you know, in like the senior yearbook, like everyone votes on like most likely to succeed, most likely to, right. You know what I'm saying? Most um, likely to be president, most yeah. artistic, yeah. yeah, all those. I I did win an award when I was in yeah. high school. Um, it was most likely to be the teacher's pet. You got to be kidding me! <laughs> I am not kidding you. Uh, and so I I will I will say uh, based upon that oh uh, factoid that you now know about me, um, I think that I am somebody that both my youth pastors liked. Um, they both put me in a place of leadership, so I think that accounts for something. Uh, I spent many nights in I, either of their homes, like hanging out. So I think they liked me, but you know, you I never like know. It. I'm I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, that I was like voted class clown or something. That like does that. not surprise me in um, the slightest. <clears throat> I think I because ours ours did like multiple kids per award. Well, that's uh, lame. And so I think I was also one of the ones named on like the. You know the most mu- like best musician or something like that, but so it, you, it wasn't. You, so you had like four students in your class, <sighs> is what you're saying, <laughs> and all of them won every single award. <laughs> uh, no, I think my graduating class was like 121 or something like that. Really, it, was, it wasn't. It you, wasn't. You're it from was, Rochester, right? Yeah, but there's like four schools in Rochester, okay. and I went to okay. the small one. And got it. There's yeah, it's there's light work. The I other graduate with 260, no big deal. Oh, that's pretty good. Class rank number 16. Wow, are you want to? Okay, our our <laughs> high school, my the high school that I went to doesn't do class ranks because it's basically a college prep school, and so you sure. get you get somebody that's like in this you know their class is 121 and their class rank would be like 100 and they have like a 3.2 yeah. GPA. Sure. And and so they're like, hey, this all this does is look bad on a college transcript yeah. for somebody that it shouldn't. So we're not going to do that. Basically, I went to high school with a bunch of smart people. Uh, is what is what I'm saying. How'd you get? Uh, it? I don't know. Not really sure why I was there. But uh, no, I I think my youth pastor liked me. Um, aside from maybe the clowning around, apparently. Sure. Um, because that was not just a high school thing. Definitely did that at church too. Uh, pulling pranks and whatnot, and uh, anybody needs prank ideas, oh, let me know. Gosh. How not to be a youth pastor at gmail dot com. We'll do we'll do an episode on uh, on that someday. But uh, yeah, if you if you want want prank ideas, or if you just uh, would have a question that you'd like to be featured uh, as our quick question of the day, how not to be a youth pastor at gmail dot com. We would love to hear from you guys. Uh, but Derek and I, I think we're we're both at least from our perspective. Um, tolerated by our youth pastors. Yes. Uh, at the very least. The question that we want to dive into on today's episode, and Derek, I'm going to ask this of you right now off the bat. Is it okay as a youth pastor to not love a student? No. 
Well, that's all we have uh, for today. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, <laughs> make sure to subscribe to our uh, Apple Podcast and Spotify. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> no, like, you have to love them all. Yeah. Like, as a youth pastor, like, it's kind of a rhetorical question. Like, you absolutely have to love them all. However. Hold on. I know it's, I know it's different, but to me, that's like the same thing of like, is it okay to not love your spouse? No, you 100% all the time have to love your spouse. Right? You 100% all the time have to love every single one of your students. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. you do not always have to like them. Oh, I love that. You do not always have to like them. Much like a marriage relationship. Like whoa, you, whoa. You love, listen, you love your spouse 24-7. You do. It does not mean you like your spouse. 24 7 my wife's about 50 50 she loves me 100 but likes me about 50 that sounds about right i i think my i'm pretty sure my wife likes me when i'm awake (laughs) but i talk in my sleep i snore in my sleep i move around in my sleep there's no way there's no way like I she, she probably likes me about 2% of the time when I'm sleeping because I I've got to be like the worst person ever when I'm sleeping. Kyle, I've been around it's you and Michaela together to say she likes you when you're awake is a bold <laughs> statement. Man. I thought that was going to go unnoticed. <laughs> no. Apparently it did not. <laughs> we're getting way off topic. I I absolutely love this though. But like students, we got to get back to students. It, it it's is so true because here is the just just awful reality is the fact is at some point there is going to be a student that walks through your doors that for whatever reason like is just a battle they're like, they're pushing your buttons and we, and we love them like we we want them with us every second they're willing to give us yep. but like the reality is there are those certain types of personalities and situations where you're sitting there going i'm going to pull my hair out right now mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so what do we do with like some of those tougher kids, like the ones that don't listen, the ones that that annoy you as a youth pastor? What do we do? You know, if you're trying to preach to a group of students and you've got that one kid that's super distracting or super disruptive, how do you handle those situations? And so that's what uh, that's what we want to dive into uh, on today's episode uh, and the first thing that I want to say to to youth pastors would be uh, the importance of adult leaders and adult volunteers and how you can empower them in this situation. Hundred percent. And so for for adult volunteers, like if I'm if I'm preaching on on a Wednesday night and we've got a group of students uh, that hopefully we have students that that yeah, showed up and right. and would love to hear. Uh, the word of God. They're not here to hear me talk, but hopefully right. God's talking through me. Yep. It is not very efficient for me to stop in the middle of my sermon every single time, you know, a student is distracting or disruptive or is, you know, trying to distract the person next to them when they're trying to listen. Adult volunteers can kind of help be that you know, room monitor for lack of a better way to phrase that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hopefully, they have built relationships with the students. You know, correction is always going to come better uh, from a voice that you have a relationship with. Yep. They've got a relationship with the student where they can, you know, quietly come up to the student and just tap them on the shoulder or, 
you know, if you've got, this is why uh, having parents as youth leaders is so important. You got yep. like that, that mom that has like the world's best mom look. Right. Like they, they get that student's attention, give them that look. And the student's like, oh man, like hellfire is raining down on yep. me if I don't stop this 100%. right now. Yep. Uh, and you know what is even the best of every single world is when you get that kid's parent. Yeah. As a youth leader. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's that's even better because then their parents in the room and they're like, you know, I the car ride anymore. The car ride home from church is just the parent yep. getting on the kid for being disruptive and distracting. And it, it only lasts one week. And then the kid is an angel. Yep. Uh, that That's the exception. Though. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, but adult volunteers can be can be really, really important um, in in that scene. But. Beyond that, you know, as a youth pastor, there's going to come a lot of times where, you know, you've got to, like, this kid is literally taking to my wits end. Yeah, I, or a group of kids. Or a group of kids. Yeah. That is true. It might not just be one. And so, Derek, what would be, you know, some some things that you would recommend to to youth pastors on on how to how to deal with some of these really... Yeah tough situations talking to another youth pastor is fundamental in this case for two reasons number one for emotional support because i think it's so easy for us to think sometimes that this is just exclusive to our church our ministry and like we wish we didn't have to deal with this when the reality is talk to any youth pastor in any community of any size Mm -hmm. They have this going on probably right now currently or they definitely have in the past. And so it's nice to know you're not alone in that. But I love to talk to people specifically who have walked through this and what they do, because there are a lot of very practical things that they have to offer that can really help kind of help you do that. And um, something I would just share I'm not sure where we're going to go with this conversation, but I think it's important to input right here. Bring it on. When you are dealing with a tough student, especially one that you literally have to like refrain yourself from like wanting to punch a hole in the wall, like like one of those tough students. First well, of all, I'm going to jump right in here. For any <laughs> youth pastors listening, <clears throat> punching a hole in the wall is so much more preferable than punching <laughs> a student in the face. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> if that's what you got to do to stop yourself from punching them in the face, you then please punch it. a hole in the wall. Or just schedule a dodgeball night so you can just rail one right there. You go. Them. You ever like go to one of those like crash rooms where there's just a bunch of stuff no, in there that you I've can break? About it. Maybe that's what we have to do. I'm down. Let's do it. What I will say is there are just some students that, yes, they just love to be disruptive and they just love to just cause trouble. That is that that's just a core part of their personality. You can't do a whole lot about that. However, a lot of times the toughest students are tough for some really messed up situation. Mm-hmm. There's and, a reason behind it. Yes. And Sometimes it's really hard to dig down because sometimes it's buried deep. But it's so important to not do anything brash, abrasive, something you will regret, something that you will say. Because odds are, of all the students in the room, those tough students are the ones that need it the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they need the patient response. Yep. Which they, I, they need the measured response. Yeah, and so like let me let me put this back. I'm gonna go jump backwards. Adult volunteers. As an adult volunteer, this is something I've mentioned to my youth leaders. I need them to be my armor bearers. 
What I mean by that is, even if they don't know a kid, it would be so much more beneficial for the long term for an adult volunteer to go up and tell these kids to be quiet or do something that they might not necessarily like, that the student might not appreciate, for the sake of preserving my relationship with them as the youth pastor. Mm -hmm. Because odds are, if the youth pastor makes them feel ashamed or bad or whatever it is, like they're gone. Odds are, if this one guy or this one girl they just don't like and like will avoid, yet they love coming to high five me and they love coming to listen to God's word through me, like unfortunately that's that's the preference. Yeah, you almost need to, you know that that student needs to have a solid relationship with somebody. Yeah, you know adult leaders and adult leadership teams should always be striving for like, hey, one of us needs to have a relationship with every single kid. Hundred percent. But, you know, it, it's almost a game of, uh, you know, you you want to preserve the best relationship. 100%. And, and sometimes that is the youth pastor. Sometimes that's one of the adult leaders. Whatever it is, you know, preserve the best relationship and, and maybe have that first initial correction come from somebody else. Somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, there might be a time where you do have to get that that best relationship involved and yep. and they should be there from the start anyway. Yep. Uh, you know, maybe gently <laughs> trying to, you know, steer the ship. Yep. But you know, it's, it's almost like a sacrificial lamb kind of a, <laughs> kind oh, of yeah. a thing where it's, right. it's okay to, you know, that one time correction, like, Hey, you can't do that. Yeah. You know, for that to be from that real and, and, Follow it up with that relationship that's solid. Yeah, you know, have that person come in and and make sure you connect with that kid before the end of the night, so that the last memory they have is not that other adult, you know, trying to trying to correct them. Yeah, because inevitably that's what we're chasing, right? Like if if mm-hmm. we get annoyed for an hour and a half for the sake of this kid's eternity, it is one hundred percent worth it. And so if you are a youth pastor in this in this podcast, or you're listening to this, or even if you're an adult volunteer and you're struggling with this, have somebody else that you can talk to. If mm-hmm. you're an adult volunteer, talk to your youth pastor specifically or talk to like other people. What you shouldn't do is talk to other students about this particular student. For sure. Like that that's bad news. Like that's bad juju to, to gossip or, or just to slam another mm-hmm. kid. Like you don't want to do that. Uh, but you know, just I think it really boils down to man, just have a good support system because yeah. like if you are able to go into this almost expecting that, you know what, this kid's going to give me grief tonight and you, are, but you have a solid sports system leading up to that. Somebody praying for you, somebody like, Hey, you're, you're killing it. Like you're much more willing to be patient and much more ready for that mm-hmm. when it happens. Right. And if there are any students listening to this podcast right now, it would be naive of you to think that we don't talk about you guys to other youth pastors, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, let's be honest. Youth pastors are talking about their students from time to time. Good and bad. But that's that's what I wanted to point out, though. Like, in all honesty, I talk about the kids that excite me. Yes to other youth pastors far more than I talk about the kids that annoy me 100% to other youth pastors. Yeah. It, you know, it's not, we're, we're, youth pastors are not just all sitting around uh, a table. Oh, at, this kid did this. Can you believe that? Oh, I got this kid who did Oh, this. yeah, it's it's a competition. <laughs> we're trying to one-up each other on who's got the worst student. Like, that doesn't happen. Like, no. we might have those conversations like, hey, I'm having trouble with this. Yep. Have you ever experienced that? Do you have any wisdom you might be able to give me? Sure. 
but for the most part, right, we're, we're talking about students trying to one-up each other on, like, what God's doing in students' yeah. lives and mm-hmm. what we're seeing, you know, the leaps of faith that we're seeing students take. Um, but anyways, uh, that support system is absolutely imperative. Having, having somebody else you can just process with and and somebody that can maybe give you some other ideas. Uh, one of the, uh, one of the things I'd encourage youth pastors or youth leaders to do would be to reach those students where they're at. Uh, you know, those are the students that it's even more important, like go to their, if they have, if they're on the soccer team, man, go to one of their games, go to their play, go to their recital, what, whatever they're involved in, meet them where they're at. Yes. Uh, you know, reach out to them during the week, even if you don't get a response back, you know, text them like, Hey, you know, was just thinking about you today. I'm praying about you today. Hope you have, hope you have an awesome day at school. Or, you know, you mentioned last week, you know, I know you have a a game today. Good luck in your game tonight. You know, I'll be rooting for you. I I can't be there, but I'll be rooting for you. Whatever it is, you know, those are the students that, man, it is so important to, pummel them with the fact that you yeah. are on their side right and and you want them to succeed because like Derek said a lot of those underlying issues it might take you a while to figure out what's actually going on in this kid's life but having adults in their corner is probably not something that is super common for them no and having adults that are rooting for them and want to see them succeed and are there for them that's not going to be something that that they're used to and so if we can be that for them, uh, that's that's going to be huge. And then, man, try to build relationships with their parents. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- and this might not always be doable. Man, you got—I don't know about you, Derek. I've got some youth students that they've been a part of our ministry for years, and I have never, never yeah. ever seen a parent. Sure. Ex- I, the only thing—the only reason I know their parents exist is because I see them once or twice on social media. And they seem to sign all the forms that I need signed Correct. in order to get their kid places. You even, know, even we don't think it's going to happen. You're like, I wonder if they're going to get this form to me because I've never. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Uh, they're they're very good at hiding their parents. Yes, sometimes. they are. But this can give you if you if you build a relationship with this student's parent, it can give you a better idea of where this student is coming from. Uh, you know, you can, you can start to realize, okay, this is, you know, this is maybe what home looks like or, or this is what they're being told at home. I, I'm starting to round out my picture of them and understand, you know, how their mind works a little bit. And it could also be a partnership opportunity where you can build a relationship with the parent to, you know, they might, they might not want to admit it, but maybe they would love to partner with you. And, and hope that you have some answers because they don't know how to deal with the student at home. Yep. And this kind of goes, I, I was just thinking about this as you were saying this. Um, this kind of goes back to something I said earlier, but just on a deeper level. Get creative with your team about how you can reach this kid too. Mm-hmm. Because the last thing you want to do is, because here's, here's like, your leaders, especially if they're good ones and involved, which all of mine are, I'm guessing all of yours are, they know what's going on. They know this student's heart. They know this, this, this whatever situation is causing disgruntlement in the middle of the message and you know, like causing stress to you. They know it. They see it. It's really easy to go like, man, this kid is just rough. You know, I mean, this kid is just tough. Like you as the leader, you as the pastor have the obligation to verbally support this kid behind closed doors mm-hmm. like acknowledge the struggles and have some good potential solutions 
you know, but at the same time also like support them. Be like, you know what? Hey, I know this kid's tough and I know I'll try to talk to him. I know, uh, Jim, I know you tried to talk to him. Like, I know we haven't gotten through, but like, Hey, maybe Bob, maybe, maybe you should go reach out to him. See, yeah. see if you can yep. talk, get creative with how you utilize your team. Um, you know, and just be willing to try everything. And if all else fails, like, we look at Jesus, right? Like he went through these towns that didn't like him. He preached, he did all this thing, and there came a point where he just wiped his sandals off and said, like, you know, I'm I'm out. Mm-hmm. And so I don't mean that to say like just kick them out, but at the same time, like maybe you do all this and nothing changes and you don't give up, but you also just like figure out ways ways to manage it and just let God work in his time. Yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll talk about in a little bit here some of the uh we'll call them more drastic measures yeah. uh, that might need to be taken. But sure. first, uh I want to talk through okay, I've got a student in in our youth ministry um who will I we'll call him Abraham because I don't want to use a a name of a student that I have and I definitely <laughs> don't have an Abraham. That's good. Um, That's good. <laughs> and so, are we Ab- talking like Abraham and Sarah, or like Abraham Lincoln? I doesn't matter. I don't. It, let's it go, Abraham matter. Lincoln. Okay, perfect. Abraham Lincoln is in our youth ministry. Sweet. Um, the problem really would be, he would always have to sit in the back row, because like, have you ever sat behind a super tall person, and especially if he's got that big hat on, like if you're sitting behind him in church, you can't see anything. It's true. So I don't. But he, but he would be famous, <laughs> and you potentially could get an in with a guy who's on some coinage. That's true. Are you advocating stealing money from the mint? Anyways, conflict resolution <laughs> through Matthew chapter eighteen. Oh my goodness! So, uh, Abe Lincoln is <laughs> causing some serious <laughs> issues in our youth ministry. <laughs> oh, this is weird. Our wives. Are we. You know what? We're we're already happy. here, so we might as well yeah. own it. Uh, Abe Lincoln's causing some serious issues, and so we want to talk through a foolproof five-step process. Uh, it's not foolproof at all, but it is biblical. Yeah. Uh, the first three steps are biblical. The last two we added uh, yeah. because, you know, it, there there's some context things with youth ministry that we think can be really really helpful. Yeah. Um, and so you got a, you if you have a student that you know maybe they're being super disruptive uh, all the time. The first step, and this is coming straight from Jesus in Matthew chapter 18, the first step is a one-on-one conversation. Yeah. You know, having having somebody pull that student aside and just and just calmly, quietly say, hey, like, you know, we don't do that. Uh, you know, can you please not do that? Because and and laying out the why again, this is something that is is a theme in the last few episodes. This is this is why you know it's disruptive. We have uh, other people are trying to listen, yeah. and and when you do this, it distracts them, and they're and they're not able to hear whatever it is. Have that one-on-one conversation is is step one with that student. And to go with that, some of you might be sitting here going like, okay, that's great. I get that. But this is happening in the middle of my message. So do I get down and do that? Yeah. Here's what I would say. One, hopefully you can prepare your leaders to handle that in the current situation. But then what I would like to do is either snag them right after service or next Wednesday if they show up again pull them aside and say, Hey, what's up, man? Like, Hey, just, just want to know this happened yep. last week. Like, 
you obviously can't do it right in the moment, but I think it's very important to be proactive on the front end or the back end to have that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, step one, one-on-one conversation yep. didn't work. Abe Lincoln still just throwing tantrums left and right during yep. the sermon. And so step two would be to bring in, you know, one or two other people to that conversation. And and this is where, you know, you're having, you know, you as the youth pastor are probably leading this conversation. And if you are not... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay uh so behind the scenes for you guys uh derek and i put all of our show notes into google docs and uh so we're both looking at the same live edited google doc uh while we are recording the episodes and derek added a step uh in this in this show note that uh, if all else fails and Abraham Lincoln is still, you know, being super disruptive, he added step six as call John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> that, listen, <laughs> you might need to just leave here and find a prayer room or <laughs> this, something. This might be our last podcast. This might, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> but I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't not laugh at it. So uh, then I had to address it. That was, that was actually really, it was really funny, but you're probably going to need some serious prayer oh, after man. this. Um, All jokes, of course. Anyways, uh, <laughs> talk to the student with one or two others present. And that's where, like, if that student has a really, really solid relationship with one of your youth leaders, that youth leader should be present. 100%. For this conversation. Yeah. You know, you are leading the conversation as the youth pastor, but you want that youth leader there, one, so that they can you know reiterate to the student what you exactly what you're saying but the the student also recognizes you know hey this person is on my side but they're yeah. also here in this conversation 100% so you know they're hopefully they're starting to put two and two together that like hey I, maybe this is something that I should take a little bit more seriously mm-hmm. um and it could be apparent uh there as well uh, that'd be that'd be the other one that if you've got a relationship with a parent, calling them in to to be a part of that conversation, um, you know, could be could be the move that you need to make as well. Um, so step two, step one, one on one. Step two, bring one or two other people into that conversation. Step three, Jesus outlines Matthew eighteen to address this in front of the larger group. Now Jesus uses like you know more in in the church setting, like, hey, we're going to bring this to the intention of the entire church, and the church is going to kind of rule on this almost. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not advocating, you know, stopping your sermon and saying, hey, we're going to take a quick poll right now, all in favor of Abraham Lincoln stopping that. Please right. raise your hand. Right. You know, that's, that's not what we're talking about. But this is where, like Derek mentioned earlier, you know, there is a time and a place at, when you are in the middle of preaching to stop and address something. Yep. And after steps one and two have already taken place, this is where th- that should happen. Yep. Because, you know, peer pressure can be a good thing. <laughs> and and honestly, like, that's kind of what's going on here is, you know, you are setting the expectation in front of the entire group, hey, this, this behavior can't keep happening. Yep. And 
you're bringing even more accountability into this. And and I will do this maybe two or even three times before moving on to, yeah. to our step four here. Yep. Um, partially because I don't want to go to step four. No. Uh, but you know, you, you want to, you also want to have grace in the process. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm a huge advocate of being proactive. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like there was a, there was a while and it get, cause it's when it's one student, sure. Like you, a, a lot of this like is relatively routine to do, but, what I experienced about two years ago, a year and a half ago, was there was a solid four or five boys who were all in this thing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I had had conversations with them, but there came this point where it was like, I'm getting really close to just, like, stopping this message and making this whole big scene. And so it finally got to the point of where I would straight up say or have a, a adult volunteer come up and say, hey, guys, like, Hey, I know we're having a good time. I know we're getting really rowdy and like we're having a good time leading up to service. But like when we jump in here, like we want to go all in after God. And so being yeah. proactive with that before you, like you don't necessarily want to, if you don't have to say like, Hey, Abe, be quiet, you know, or like uh, there have been times where I just like stop my message mid sentence and just stare at this kid. And everyone's kind of like uncomfortably like this is, awkward. Oh, I love doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, but um, something I just want to put in as a caveat until we enter these next two points that we have so wonderfully edited. Um, it is really easy when you're emotional and just fed up with this to yep. skip steps one and two and just jump right to three because it's easy. It's on the forefront of your mind. Um, in a lot of ways, it kind of feels like a, you're making a fool of yourself, so now I'm let everybody know. It doesn't work. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yep. Like a, a, Just jumping to step three here like makes you feel bad. Um, you shouldn't feel bad, you know, like you need to, which I don't want to steal your thunder here. Like we're talking about this is like, like you, you need to be assertive and keep mm-hmm. your culture in check. But, uh, I would just say like, it's so much better to be proactive than reactive when it comes to yeah, this Yeah. If you, if you jump straight to step three, you're probably losing that student. Yep. Which is, which is not the goal no. of this process. And, and it other- happens, right? So yeah. like, like, don't like if, 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 if you've been in that spot, don't feel like you just doomed this kid to hell. Uh, but like, just know, like you, you might lose the student anywhere in this process, but the goal is to handle all of this with love and gentleness to the point where even if that student chooses to walk away, they it's still it's their choice and they recognize how you handled it was actually really impressive yeah. and hopefully that is a seed that is planted uh, to be harvested sometime sure. later on yep um, but the other thing that I'll say quick about you know that that kind of group uh, address of of the behavior would be you have other students in your youth ministry. And if you are at this point where you are addressing this in front of the group, other students have definitely noticed it. Yep. And your core students are probably, you know, not super happy mm-hmm. that this is going on. And Derek, yep. I know that, you know, for you, if you know, you had that group of kids that were being disruptive, yeah, that's not enjoyable for those core kids that are really excited to be there to learn no and the reason we got so into this is because i was starting to lose them like they wouldn't show up they're like i just it's not mm-hmm. i don't enjoy this and so to me that was like a, I failed as a leader mm-hmm. you know like this is this can't happen you know and, and we'll get to this in a second we'll kind of end with this but I, I want you have some really good points here about 
after you've addressed this larger group, like what do you do if that still doesn't work? Yeah. So the first three steps are Matthew 18. Yeah. Um, you know, but I want to, I want to add on a couple steps, uh, to, because, you know, Matthew 18 was written and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to say that Jesus was wrong. Right. Or that he was incomplete here, but Matthew 18, the context was grown adults. And I think we I think also a, in sin. So like that, that's a little fair too. A yeah. little bit more grace with youth students is, is always a good idea. Yep. And so step four is circling back to almost step one again, right? A one-on-one conversation with that student. And this one's going to have a little bit more of a tone to it. Sure. Where, you know, it's, it's almost a, Hey, listen, this keeps happening and, and it can't, and it, if you're not going to make this change, then, you know, maybe maybe we need to take a break from you being here for a little bit. Yep. Or, you know, this is almost that warning step where it's, hey, this is really a problem. And, and you're laying out, here's exactly what might happen here if this does not change. Yeah. And, and that one-on-one conversation, the second one-on-one conversation, step four, a little bit more uh, direct yep. and, and a little bit more upfront. That's, that's the conversation. The first conversation that is not fun to have is actually laying out, Hey, this might have to, you know, we might have to take a break here. Yeah. Um, and then that leads into, you know, the last step, step five, uh, you know, again, kind of step two, again, you know, talking to the student, like with their parent present, and again, if you've got a leader that's got a great relationship with that kid, I, I wouldn't mind bringing them into this com- part of the conversation or, you know, maybe that one-on-one one as well. But you, this is the one where you have to bring the parent in and say, hey, listen, this is continuing to happen and it can't, uh, you know, laying out the why for the parent again, like, you know, this, your your son Abraham is, I, I wish I knew Abraham's mom's name off the top of my head, but yeah. I don't. Uh, I, I, that's just a failure to plan for the episode. I apologize. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, Mrs. Lincoln, um, your son just continues to be disruptive and we have other students that want to learn and want to hear and, and he's distracting them. And, and it just, we've asked him numerous times to stop and he refuses to. And so we're going to have to ask him to not come. And maybe it's, maybe you said it for a month. Yeah. You know, sure. Maybe it is, uh, you know, indefinite depending on what is going on. Like, again, if he's being disruptive, you know, maybe it's a period of time. Like if he just will not stop punching kids in the face, that might, you know, like that might be a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever it is, you know, use, use your own discernment on that. Yep. But it might reach the point where you have to ask this student to leave because, you like we teased this in the last episode you're responsible for the entire flock yeah you have an entire herd of sheep that you are the pastor over you are responsible for shepherding these people yep. these young students and you you know if w- Jesus lays out the example if one sheep goes missing man we're dropping everything to look for it yep but if one sheep turns into a wolf and starts eating other sheep we shoot it well, <laughs> we do. We need to isolate the wolf yeah. first. You know, like yeah. we need to get the wolf away from the other sheep. Sure. And that's where like this can be so, so difficult for youth pastors, youth leaders, 
anybody yeah. to walk through because you don't want to take that kid away from the group. Yeah. But sometimes what's best for the group is to take this student away even for a period of time. And it doesn't mean that you kick them out necessarily and right. say, okay, bye, see you later. You know, it might be, you know, hey, is there any way that I can disciple this student one-on-one, uh, you know, for the next month or two? And then, you know, we're bringing them back into into the group where, like, hey, let's meet up for, uh, you know, I'll take you to, to breakfast at Chick-fil-A every Wednesday morning or, you know, whatever it yep. is. Uh, finding a way to still pour into that student even if they need to take a break from right. from being there on on your Wednesday nights or whatever whatever it is. Right. A uh, few things for the record. I meant shooting a animal, not a student. When I say shoot the wolf, so uh-huh, just just sure. in case I get blasted for that. Uh, <laughs> something I want to ask you, Kyle, as I was thinking about you sharing this. What do you do if for you, a Klondike bar? Yeah. Right. If you get to step five, right, you've tried everything. Yep. It's time to talk to the parent and, in essence, basically say they're not welcome here for a little time. Some parents, I think a lot of parents would be like, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I support you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. This won't happen again, whatever. What do you do if that parent is like, my kid's fine. I, my kid would not do this. And, in essence, basically says you're wrong and an awful person. I don't care what you say. Like, what do you do if, if parent is not supportive of your decision? That's a great question. That we uh, did not write down. So I'm purely putting true. you on the spot. Bring it here. on. No, I've got an answer, though. Um, the first thing that I would do would be invite that parent on a Wednesday night. Sure. Have the, have them you know stand in the back and watch. Yeah. Because that's going to do one of two things, both positive for me. Sure. One, they are going to see firsthand what's going on. Yep. And, and hopefully, you know, hopefully that changes their perspective on it. Yep. At the very least, it's going to get us on the same page of what is actually happening. Because like you said, it could be that doesn't sound like my kid. Yeah. And, and I don't think they would do that. Um, you know, if it's I don't care if they're doing that or not, I just want them out of my house for two hours on a Wednesday night. Well, that's that's different. Yeah. But if if they just don't believe you invite them to come in on a wednesday night and look you know the other alternative that that could come out of this is the kid knows their parents there and they shape up yep and then you're like okay Again, he, which is positive you know that that's still positive for me yeah. like the behavior stopped or whatever was going on yep. isn't happening anymore uh you know that's where you know i'd love to bring a parent in um the one I would probably have a little bit less tolerance for that if this if it's like actively hurting other students. I would probably push back a little bit more on mm-hmm. no, like this is happening and I I need them to not be there. Yeah. But walking into that conversation with a parent, it's always a good idea to, you know, if you have like if your church has security cameras, and you can prove, like, especially sure. if this is not just being disruptive, if, if it's maybe yeah. a harming other students thing, or even if it's a legal thing, yeah, having some sort of proof or backup to say, yeah, yep. see, this is, you know, look at this video. This is what's happening uh, in that conversation with the parent can be helpful. But I'd invite the parent on a, on a Wednesday night, and hopefully they see what's going on and, and they recognize, oh, you're right. 
you know, let's maybe have this student take a step back from being there for a time being or whatever the action decides to be going forward. Yeah, I just got two things I want to share. The first one is uh, I have seen this to be true in so many ways that culture within your youth ministry is something you either create or allow. Mm -hmm. And so to your point, if you are allowing disruption, chaos, all this, that is now your culture of like, this is fine. It's not a big deal. By you allowing it, you are creating that culture. But the second thing that I think is important to dis, you know, to distinguish is this method looks a lot different depending on what this tough student is doing. For example, if they are just messing around during your message, being distracting, that type of thing, this, this, like, this is a lengthy process. This is repeated steps, yada, yada, yada. If this is something where somebody's showing up, they're bullying, physically assaulting people, it, like it sounds aggressive, but the reality is like there's a lot of stuff that happens. At, at a, like there are there are bad blood, there are students who show up that don't like each other. Like this process gets expedited exponentially depending on the severity of what's happening. And so if I have a kid who's coming and just cussing somebody out openly there's going to be a lot shorter of a leash of like, hey, sorry, like we just can't allow that here. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you want to clean that up, you're welcome here. But like, if not, like I got to protect my students. You know, like, like if there is, if there's ever a fight that happens at our youth ministry, like we're jumping right to the parent step. Like there, there's, yeah. there's no, there's no talking, like for your own safety and for, as a youth pastor, mm -hmm. you need to, you mm -hmm. need to address this head on. And so like this, this process is spot on. Like we, like Kyle, like really, again pulled it from Matthew chapter 18 we added four and five but like you need to again filter this through what is actually happening because if it is something that needs to be addressed right here and right now you don't have the mm -hmm. luxury of going through this so like this needs to be addressed in the moment and it might be hey we need to have you step back no warning for a month because like what happened like cannot happen ever again and so right. like you got to take a step back for a month or whatever it is but you know, I, I again, I, this is probably a pretty common theme, at least I hope so, but, like, be surrounded by people, uh, again, it goes to the support system thing. Be supported by other youth pastors who have walked through this thing. Yeah. But also be reliant on the Holy Spirit, because, like, he's going to be able to really just clue you into some of the things that are going on, how to handle it. Yeah, absolutely. It's coming from Matthew 18, and I think that, uh, I think Jesus kind of surprisingly jesus yeah. hit the nail on the head i think you did with uh with would've, this would've one thunk. i know that's surprising well on behalf of uh myself derek and abe lincoln thank you guys for for listening uh you know that does it for today's episode uh reminder follow us on spotify and apple podcasts um if uh if you guys have any questions let us know um but uh that that pretty much does it uh for episode 11 wow Man, I'm so honored to be to be through episode 11. I don't know why 11 is special. It's really not. But uh, anyways, that does it. All right. Uh, I'm going to go uh, punch a wall instead of punching a student. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.